Good afternoon. This is Sam Brooks, and welcome to Local Matter Sports. Today we got a special guest, a new offensive coordinator at Tennessee Tech football team, Trey Lamb. Welcome to the show, Trey. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, it, it's, it's my pleasure, and uh, we're going to get into some good stuff today. We're going to talk about who Trey Lamb is and how he has grown up, not in Cookville. A lot of the guests that we have actually grew up in Cookville, Tennessee. Going to be very interested to see, uh, hear uh, more about you growing up elsewhere. So that's going to be pretty neat for me to find out. I know I'm going to grow in knowledge a lot about Trey Lamb, the last OVC championship quarterback at Tennessee Tech University. So welcome to the show. Great to have you. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be back in Cookville. Uh, this is my second home and my wife loves it here. We, we, we've spent time here before and we are very happy to be back and plug into the community and make a difference here. So let's let's talk about Trey growing up and, and wasn't in Cookville, wasn't in Tennessee, wasn't in this area. Fairly close, uh, another state, right. Georgia. And tell us about growing up in your childhood. Well, I grew up in Calhoun, Georgia, which is about two hours from here, straight down 111, about an hour south of Chattanooga, 45 minutes south of Chattanooga. Um, grew up in a coach's family. My dad was my high school football coach. Um, my uncle Bobby was the head football coach at Furman University in South Carolina. Uh, he's now the head coach at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, where I came from my last four seasons. Um, my granddad coached in high school for about 25, 30 years. He retired, and then he was on uh, Coach Rick, Coach Don and staff at University of Georgia. He coached my dad and my uncle, so we've got a long line of coaches. Um, I've been around this business. I don't know what else I would do. Um, what else can you do in this world? You, you can impact young men like we can and enjoy what we do. So I'm very happy to do it and uh, very happy to be here. As you know, I, I coached high school football for several years, and you're, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, uh, even now, uh, you know, what did you find interesting about coaching? And, and for me, it was a camaraderie with the other coaches, you know, uh, played my whole life. So it was important for me to find something that, that – you know, fit that need for me, the competitive, uh, passionate side of what who Sam Brooks is. So what does coaching mean to you? Right. Well, I think the thing you miss when you're done playing team sports, and I think football is the greatest team sport in the world because you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it without the other 10 guys out there. Uh, you know, in basketball or baseball, you get one really good player, and you got a chance. You, they, can, they can touch the ball. They, they can. You get one good pitcher. He can win a game for you. In football – you can have great players, but if, if the guys around you aren't doing their job, you're not going to be worth the flip. But I think what I'm, I would miss about football if I wasn't in it would be the locker room more than anything, just being with guys, um, competing with, with friends. You know, When you're in a room with 100 guys, you don't care where they came from. You don't know what their circumstances are. All you know is you love them and you'll care for them and you play hard for them, you coach hard for them. Um, people come from all different backgrounds in a football locker room, but that's what I think I love the most about football and what I would miss if I didn't coach. And that I, I can never see myself outside of hanging with the guys, being in a locker room with coaches or players, relying on other guys. Today we're talking to Trey Lamb, the last OVC champion quarterback here at Tennessee Tech. So your high school career had to be uh... – very good. I mean, you you played at a high level. I've never seen one of your high school games, but you made it to Tennessee Tech, got on scholarship, and you ended up being the starting quarterback for Tennessee Tech. So I know enough about the game that that tells me that you did some special things in high school. Right. Um, 
you know, in this day and age, I may not have been recruited as as much as I was back then. Um, in this day and age, you can you can see everybody on the internet. You can keep up with their sophomore, junior, senior year, and you're really being recruited off your junior year uh, in 2017, 2018, where we're at now. But back then, you actually had to go get the DVD from the high school. I say back then; this is ten years ago. It's not <laughs> not thirty years not ago. Not like me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had to you had to go pick up the DVD from the high school coach. You had to go pick up the VHS so you could watch the guys, bring it back to your staff, let them watch it. Now we got all this at our fingertips. We can evaluate a lot more players. But anyways, long story short, my junior year we we were in an option based wing T kind of system, and I probably only threw I don't know two hundred passes my junior year and then my senior year we had a really good run in the playoffs uh we went to a spread offense um threw the ball ran the ball running gun fun system to watch and i was recruited mainly by georgia southern uh chris hatcher was at georgia southern at the time he's now the head coach at samford they were running a spread option attack and throwing the ball around a little bit and then coach brown uh recruited me here that was really the last two it came to in the air force academy uh which i didn't want to be in the academy but I, w- I wanted to play football for a, for a head coach that I knew was going to be my head coach my senior year, the same guy that would recruit me. And Coach Brown fit that criteria. I love the town of Cookville. I think it's the greatest college town in the southeast. I think it's the perfect size. Uh, I really enjoyed my time here. And that's what really drew me to Cookville was was the city and then playing for Coach Brown because I knew he was going to be here. We're going to talk about Coach Brown, uh, no doubt. But we, we share some common traits uh when I grew up, I guess when I got out of high school, I was 135 pounds soaking wet. I wasn't a big guy. Right. Uh, been told my whole life, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. That was a driving force with me. I was going to prove that I could. Right. No matter what. Right. What was your motivation? Being quarterbacks today is. I don't care if it's spread or if it's drop eye, whatever it might be. You're seeing kids that are six four, six five, six six, two hundred thirty pounds, and we were not. Right. What was your motivation? Um. I think a lot like you said, just beating the odds, and I hear it all the time. It's funny, you know. I'm five foot nine on a good day, and I don't even know if I would recruit myself now. And and there's so many good players out there, and you can get better players, and you can get size, speed, arm talent, accuracy. You can get it all uh, if you build relationships and recruit the guys. But, um, anyways, where I was going with that is with my with my height. It was a struggle being recruited, and with our size, we're undersized guys. But now I run into all these high school coaches. Well, he's just like you. He's undersized, small guy. That doesn't mean we're going to go sign a bunch of right. undersized kids. you still got to beat the odds. Ninety percent of the team, any college level that has full scholarship, they're going to fit the criteria of what you're looking for. You're looking at 10% of the guys on the team that are going to be undersized. Yeah. And for you to beat the odds, and like you said, just being motivated by beating the odds, people telling you you can't your whole life um, – Really playing for my dad, you always have to beat the the status quo of, hey, he's just playing for it because it's his dad's the coach. You always have to beat that uh, from an early age. So that motivated me as well. Uh, but, yeah, being an undersized guy, an undersized, a shorter quarterback, it, it made a difference. Uh, I think I played a little bit more of a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. So, you know, you know very well, I'm still in the recruiting game with CSA Prep Star and what we do with our business. And what I've seen over the last several years is – you know, when you and I were playing more so when I was playing, you didn't have a lot of the huddle.com wasn't there. You didn't have the ability to get to the student athlete as quickly and as freely as you do now. So grow, growing up in that time frame, heart, the heart of a student athlete was measured somewhat. Today, especially with the big Division One schools, I, 
sometimes I don't even think they look at that. They don't measure what a kid does or how, you know, how important they are to a team. They look at the size, Mm -hmm. the weight, the height and the speed. Right. Um, I would agree with that 100%. I think the number one factor in college football, I don't care what level you're at, is recruiting. You're only as good as the players you recruit. If you don't out-recruit your opponents, you're not going to beat them. We're not going to out-coach people game in, game out. Not going to happen. doesn't happen anywhere. Coach Saban's done what he's done because of the players he's recruited. Now, I will tell you this. The second most important thing is the evaluation process. You can't just take a guy because he runs a 4-4 and he's six foot tall and he looks good on film. You've got to dive in, dig deep. Um, you've seen a lot of programs over the years who have done really well in recruiting and not won a lot of games. Right. Um, and because that's they're, they're not evaluating, they're just going off stars or right. height, weight, foot speed. Uh, those things don't win you football games. Height, weight, foot speed does win you football games, but it has to be the right kind of character, the right kind of kid. Uh, I think Coach Saban, what they've done at Alabama and places like that, is the evaluation process has, has mattered to them. Then you look at other places um, that have just signed stars – don't develop them, and you, you don't win as many games. So I think the evaluation process is where you win football games. So you talked a little bit about in the be- very beginning when I introduced you about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no doubt an extensive amount of football knowledge and background. Mm-hmm. How has that helped you get to where you are right now? Uh, it's great, and and you know we're eating up with it. A lot of people say it's crazy. Um, <laughs> We we talk we go on family vacation every year on July fourth week and it's just a it's like a football coaching clinic. We get the board out, we play golf in the morning, we get the board out at the beach in the afternoon and talk about talk ball, bounce ideas off each other and I've also got two cousins that are in it. My cousin Taylor um was a quarterback at App State, four year starter there, broke almost all their school records. He is now a graduate assistant at South Carolina, first year in coaching. So we're gonna have Another guy in it, and another guy's uh, to bounce ideas off of. But it's also good. Um, my wife Carter Lamb, she's from Dalton. It's great to have her too, because she kind of brings me back to reality every day. Um, if you're talking ball for eight, twelve, sixteen hours a day, and then you get home, and your wife kind of takes you out of that element, which is awesome. Um, I love that she's not a big. She loves football. She understands yeah. football. But she, when when I get home, I don't want to talk about football. She doesn't either. Uh, which I wouldn't be right if i went went on in this interview and didn't talk about her well i'm glad you did because that was exactly where i was going because i had the opportunity to meet her and just immediately thought a a lot of her and there there's a special place in my heart uh and has been because of mine but there's a special place for coaches wives people do not understand what they go through right and it's uh it's brutal at times, and I haven't experienced getting fired yet. I will one day. You either, they, we Everybody always say in this, this yeah. industry, you're either fired or you're going to be fired. <laughs> um, hopefully not, but it's one day I'm going to be coaching somewhere, and we're going to struggle, and there's going to be people say things they shouldn't say and make shallow comments, and the wives and the families are the ones that have to deal with that and bounce, bounce that off of them and let it not ruffle their feathers. But you know what you sign up for. She knew I was going to be a coach, but the best thing about her is – She's grounded. Her values are much more than football. She keeps me grounded. And every night when I get home, we're, we don't talk about football. We watch one of her shows or read a book or have dinner together. It's it's just a separate time 
We don't talk about it, um, and I love that. I'm, I'm glad I didn't marry a girl who's like, hey, how was, how yeah. was football today? You know, it's, we, we talk about life, talk about the world, talk about God. We talk about a lot of things. Great answer, and that, I knew that's what I was going to hear from you. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we'll continue talking with Trey. We're going to get into talking about Watson Brown. Welcome back to Local Matters, and we're continuing our conversation with Trey about about his quarterbacking days here at Tennessee Tech and being recruited by Watson Brown. Now, we were talking about the measurement of heart uh, in recruiting nowadays, and, and a lot of programs don't do that, especially the big Division One schools. But I, I know that Watson Brown uh, went beyond just the, the height, the weight, and speed, and he really tried to take a look at the kid and how that kid could positively affect his football team. Right, and and it's also a numbers game. And Coach Brown did a really good job. What I, one of the biggest things I learned from him, and I want to be a head coach one day. And, and one of the biggest things I learned from him is just he did a really good job managing a roster, which he had thirty seven years of practice by the time he got here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he he could fit people into certain roles and fit pe- scholarship dollars into certain places to get the best roster available, which. At the big level, a lot of people don't know this, they're not able to break up scholarships. Right. So they either sign a full ride or a walk-on. Here, we probably sign 80% of our guys to full scholarship, and the other 20%, we may break up 10 scholarships among 20 players. Uh, just to fit the needs of a program, because we only get 63, the big boys get 85. So we have to f- find the same amount of players with less money. So it, it's a numbers game. Uh, we go in recruiting on the road in the spring and we tell high school coaches they might say coach i got a running back that's a no-brainer he's a dude well at tennessee tech we may have four full scholarship running backs coach we're not taking a full scholarship running back i don't care if it's edron james or reggie bush we don't have a scholarship for a running back we have better needs and i think coach brown did a good job of that of not just taking guys to take them but fitting fitting the needs of a roster and trying to build a team that could sustain over time Getting to know Coach Brown, and he's been on the show, and we had an incredible conversation when he was on the show. And having a chance to get to know him a little bit, even when you were there, and, and watch how his game plans unfolded. You know, I can't remember the, the athlete's name. He ended up getting a shot. He was a receiver. Ended up getting a shot going uh, playing pro ball, and I think he was from, Ch- from Chattanooga mm-hmm. Red Bank. Tim Benford. Benford. Yeah. Uh, it, it amazed me. A lot of time he would stick Benford on the, the single receiver side in a four-wide set, and your other three receivers on the other side, and you had a good tailback at mm-hmm. that time. And I think this is when, when yep. you were playing at that yep. time. And, uh, you know, if they single-covered Benford, then they're going to they throw to him. I don't right. care what down it is, what Doesn't distance matter. is, they're going to throw to him. If okay. not – with the three guys on the other side, you outnumbered them in number of blockers. Correct. And he would run the ball to that side. And, and you know, I'm up in the box uh, color on the game, and, and I just I, I talked about that all the time. Mm-hmm. This is the easiest game plan I've ever seen right. in my life. Yeah. You know, it's easy. And at number let me tell you the hardest part of that whole deal was signing Tim Benford. Yeah. Getting Tim Benford. Tim Benford was a Division One recruit. He had offers from Ole Miss, Tennessee, and was a late qualifier. And we ended up getting him late, uh, which was, and we needed an ex receiver at the time. So it's a perfect fit. We took him, and he was great for us. Great person, good player. Um, and ended up playing in the league for about three or four years on practice squads and bouncing around. I actually got to talk to Tim, and I, I asked him that particular question way back then. Um, how did you get to Tennessee Tech? Because I knew, I don't know what star he was, but he was. He was well, being recruited by a lot of folks. That's another guy. I'm telling you, if that were to happen today, there's no chance that we get him at Tennessee Tech because yeah. of the internet, because of Huddle, because of Twitter, because of social media. His name would have been 
bouncing around back then you know you had to actually go find out about the guy and you know he he, he didn't have the test score at the time he's a late qualifier and we ended up getting him which was awesome he made a test score late and we got him uh but a lot of people gave up on him and he was he had a chip on his shoulder uh but that his coach brown's innovation along with being able to recruit players like tim uh is what made him great coach brown was one of the best play callers i've ever seen i learned a lot from him he could n- watch no film on an opponent. He did watch film, and he did study opponents, but he could watch no film. He could go call a game like he was playing Madden. Like He could he could go call a game, see what they're lined up in, from the sideline, and call a game. I've called a couple, about six games as an offensive coordinator so far. I could not imagine calling a game from a sideline right now. I'll develop where I can do that, but right now I want to call every game from the box because I can see the whole right. picture. And you're in the press box. You can relay the plays down through the headsets and signal it to the field. But he called a game from a sideline. He could have not ever watched film and told you what they were doing. He had a knack for being able to read defenses from a sideline that I haven't experienced. He's really good at that. Today we're talking to Trey Lamb, former Tennessee Tech award-winning quarterback and now offensive coordinator for the Golden Eagles. So, you know, continuing that conversation, Benford's answer to that Mm -hmm. question was – Watson Brown was the only coach, and Tennessee Tech was the only program that stayed with him from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and he honored that. Right. Yeah. So you know what a what an awesome statement, and and really something uh, you know that that Coach Brown can carry with him, knowing that he got a kid like that, and he turned out the way he did for right. Tennessee Tech. No doubt, and I think that speaks to the to actually the recruiting coach who was recruiting him, which was Thomas Cox, because he recruited me as well. We both came in the same year, and then uh, Coach Brown for saying not moving on for being patient and saying hey we can give this kid a second chance um he was really big on second chances and he impacted a lot of lives uh with that philosophy so what is your most important attribute when you find a student athlete that you think you're going to like the film pans out what are you looking for for a quarterback at tennessee tech uh really the way he carries himself if, if you take away all the intangibles all the tangible everything you can measure the film's great his game film's good. I've seen him throw. Uh, everything fits. I want to see how he carries himself, how confident he is. Can he stand up in front of an offense and, and walk the right way, talk the right way? And is he charismatic? Are people going to follow him? Or is, is he somebody you want to be around? Um, they may not come in as a true freshman and talk every day and be the leader of the team, but you can see small groups starting to mold to the guy. And uh, I think you can you can tell a lot from the high school coach. You can tell a lot from uh, assistant coaches on staff. You can tell a lot from teachers. I like to go to the high school and not even let the kid know I'm there. Go talk to teachers. Go talk to a guidance counselor. Hey, what do you think about Ricky Barnes? What do you think about Dalton Fisher? What do you think about these kids? And if you know that they don't know who I am, they're just they're going to give you an honest answer. Right. They don't have an agenda. And I really like to do that in recruiting. Get get opinions from other people outside of just football. Uh, you really find out about kids that way. And that's a great thing for the, the young athletes that are listening out there and that will listen to the podcast. That That's a great tidbit of information to know. You know, it could be your AP teacher. It could be just a, a, your PE teacher, you know, not necessarily your coach. How important today is Facebook and Twitter? Do you check that? I check it every day. It's, it's very important. Um, it's unbelievable to me that some 17 or 18-year-old guys or girls would put some of the things they put on there. If they put that on there, certain things on there, we're not going to recruit the kids. I mean, that's basic common sense. It's common knowledge out there that this is public knowledge. 
if whatever you put out here can be seen by any recruiter, any coach. Um, but but another negative to that, and I'll talk about the wrong side of it of Twitter. People can also use that to take advantage of recruiting, uh, which is great for the kids. But we have to dig, like I said, talk to people who are close to the player. Uh, you can get we're in situations with handlers and recruiting p- recruiting people like in in these communities that want to get you close to the guy and right. it, it can make you nervous at times uh, what they're actually putting on twitter is that the genuine person you're recruiting so because some of these kids you'll put all the stuff on twitter then you try to call them or they get them to call you and they won't call you back um you, you got to develop relationships just like any other business any other profession if you can evaluate a guy's film and i can develop a relationship with you and i see what i like on the outside and I see what I like on the inside. We can start the recruiting process. Yeah, you you said it. You got to have a relationship. If if a kid won't call you back, then yeah, it's probably not a real good sign that he's right. going to be somebody you're going to recruit. Right. But the social media part is so important. They can market themselves, and it's free. Right. It doesn't cost you anything to have a Facebook or Twitter. I don't check Facebook. I don't have a Facebook, but we don't do much recruiting with Facebook. But Twitter, Twitter, huddle that gets you in the ball and gets your foot in the door. Once right. you get your foot in the door. Um, I've seen him on Twitter. I've seen him on Huddle. I've seen him on recruiting service websites. Then I get the relationship built, and that's how we recruit. So we're talking to Trey Lamb today, quarterback, former quarterback at Tennessee Tech University and present offensive coordinator. So a big question for the folks out there, why Cookville, Tennessee, and why Tennessee Tech now with all the places that you possibly could have went with your family background and your knowledge of football? Why is this special? Well, this is home to me, and um, I told – some people in the interview process, I told Dwayne Alexander, I said, don't hire me because I was a quarterback here. Hire me because I'm the right man for the job, and I want the job. I wanted to be here. Uh, this place is where I want to raise a family. Um, we lived in Macon, Georgia, coming from Macon, Georgia, and South Georgia. Uh, my wife loves it here. This is two hours from her home. But being here, um, I believe purple and gold uh, through and through. I was recruited to play here, played four or five years here. Uh, this is this I put my heart and soul into it, and I want to see this thing through. I want to see us get back to where we need to be. Been around Tech football my whole life. Been around Tennessee Tech, you know, my whole life. My mother worked there for many years, so I grew up on the campus. People ask me all the time, you know, why do you why do you think you know Tech can be that team that you want and several other people want them to be? And it's pretty simple for me. Why not Tennessee mm-hmm. Tech? Why not our football team? We have the best setup, one of the best cities in the state of Tennessee. Why not us? Well, my big thing is people always ask me, why why is Tennessee Tech a good job? You know, in the coaching industry, we talk a lot about which jobs are good, which jobs are bad. And I think this is at least a top two job in the OVC, if not top three or four at worst. Number one is location. I think us and Jacksonville State are the two best located cities in the OVC. For one, you can recruit your home state. For two, it's an hour and a half drive to the Georgia State line, hour and a half drive to the Alabama State line, three-hour drive to the South Carolina line, and you can flop kids from Florida to Nashville and drive them over. You can recruit those th- those four states right there have more players per capita than anywhere in the country. Recruit those three states plus your home state. The yeah. location is what makes it so attractive. And you said it. The home state's important. You know, you right. got to win those recruiting battles in the state of Tennessee, and I know mm-hmm. that's very important to you guys. It is very important. Um, any local kid that can play, we're going to recruit them. 
Well, Anybody you, from Nashville or Chattanooga or Memphis that can play, we're going to recruit them. You've definitely shown that in yeah. your first year in signing several uh, Cookville High School kids, and that's great right. to see. And have already heard a lot of great feedback. Real quick, what can we expect out of the offense at Tennessee Tech next year? Uh, we're going to be innovative. We're not going to be scared to try new things. Uh, you're going to see us change tempos a lot. Uh, you're never going to see us huddle. We're, we're going to go no huddle, up-tempo, uh, a lot of check-with-me stuff. We're going to develop a quarterback. We're going to have creative ways to run the ball. Uh, and we're going to take shots down the field. Um, we love throwing deep balls, and we got to find receivers that can go get them. Well, Trey Lamb, offensive coordinator at Tennessee Tech, it's a pleasure to have you back. Former OVC champion quarterback, I can't wait for next year and to get to see you guys in action. Looking forward to it, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it.